Good morning and welcome to Randall Church. We're so glad to have you here with us. Uh, my name is Pastor Milo and uh, it's so, so good to have you watching on Facebook and streaming with us. Uh, it's not just me in the room as you might expect this morning. Also here uh, on my right, your left is Pastor Mario and Pastor Brian. We're all here today. Uh, we want to be able to interact with you. Uh, really, it's, it's one of those things where face-to-face is better, but screen-to-screen, we'll take it. So we're glad to, to have you here. And no matter what, if you are tuning in for the very first time with us, we want you to know that Randall Church is a place where we really do believe we want you to find your place. Uh, in the environment that we're in right now, uh, there's a number of things going on. It seems like we're all uh, very small and insignificant, it would seem, when we, we go through events like this. And we're out in the ocean, and sometimes we get tossed and turned back and forth, and sometimes you feel very alone. So even from our screen to your screen, we want to be able to help you feel connected. And as a church, we do that by saying we want you to find your place in three ways, three relationships that help you stay anchored in the middle of a storm. And that's the relationship, first of all, upward in Christ. Secondly, the relationship inward at the church. And thirdly, that relationship outward in the community. So thank you so much for tuning in with us today. Uh, We want you to know that we know that there's probably going to be some glitches from time to time within our Facebook stream. That's just part of uh, this idiom as, as we go through it. Uh, but, but if that is to happen or were to happen, it's okay for you to back up the video a little bit. Sometimes just going back a minute or so uh, will help it buffer out and smooth out in that way. The other thing we want you to do is to be sure to uh, interact with us. Uh, last week we had some really good involvement from many of you uh, on, on the sermon itself. We're going to give you opportunities to be able to talk through our text. Um, but, but without fail, uh, last week we did something that, that helped everyone interact, and so we want to start with that this week. Last week I made the announcement to all of you that my family got a new puppy. And so we want to show you a picture of that new puppy. That puppy's name is Sullivan. And so what we want you to do uh, is to kind of start the discussion going this morning as we begin. Uh, if you're familiar with the movie or even the book Marley and Me, uh, I've, I've decided to do that with our family. In the Wilson home, uh, they now have the responsibility of writing a book, uh, writing a blog, telling a story about uh, the life through the eyes of this little dog. That's their homework assignment as we've gone to a homeschool mindset. And so uh, what I'd love to see from you is some interaction back of the dog's name is Sullivan. It's a cute little black dog. Uh, some ideas for uh, how we would set up a social media presence, how we would set up a blog or a YouTube page or that type of thing. Different ideas for how to tell the story through the eyes of this little dog, Sullivan. So there you go. That got a lot more uh, interaction last week than anything else that we did. And so we want to start there to ask you uh, to be involved in that way. So uh, that's not the only reason we're here today. We're not here only to talk about a puppy. Uh, we're here to be able to talk about God's Word. So if you've got a Bible, and I hope that you do, will you turn to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, we are in a series called uh, Better Together, Mission Together, uh, and, and there's nothing better than the situation that we're in for us to realize that we are all connected across a lot of different things. So we're going to look today at Philippians chapter 4. And really where I'm going to go today and what we're going to talk about today is where do you find peace, or how can you find peace while in the middle of a pandemic. We will be in Philippians chapter 4, and I hope you've got your Bibles there. Uh, but in, in, in before we get there, I want you to take you back to Proverbs chapter 12 to read this verse. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word will make him glad. The reason why this comes to mind today is because there's so much anxiety. 
uh, around us. Now, listen, it feels heavy, but the reality is, is anxiety in the United States is something that has been on top of us for a while. The reality is, is generation after generation, we're finding that Americans have three times the amount of stress as the previous generation. So what that means is that it's tripling. As, as generation is handed on down to the next generation, the stress and anxiety that we have in our lives is actually tripling. Now, I, I will say, as an aside, just to take a moment there, I am raising this dog, uh, we are, which means you're doing crate training and things like that. And a couple mornings ago, uh, I was sitting next to the crate, consoling the dog that it wasn't going to be able to get up for the day and run around. So I was sitting next to the crate, and my son Elias, my next generation, uh, came down the stairs. So the dog had woke him up and had decided that he was going to be woke up for the day. And if you've ever been to our house, we have a, a kind of open floor plan, but that means that our stairwell doesn't have any railings uh, on the stairwell. And so Elias was coming down very groggy, half awake. He came down that stairway. You know, it didn't matter to him. He didn't seem to have a care in the world whether or not there was any railings on the stairwell. And as I'm trying to quietly console the dog, as he's coming down the steps, Elias literally stops on, with his toes hanging off of one of the steps and realizes that his shirt is on backwards. And so he takes his shirt pulls it over his head, and then continues to walk down the steps and spin his shirt around and stick his arms through it in order to begin the day. That kid is not worried or anxious about anything, and I was about to have a panic attack on the floor there watching what was happening. But the reality is, is that's not what's going on in each of our lives. We are tripling, as I said a moment ago, our anxiety with every generation. And so this morning... I want to use as an illustration because I generally ride my bike to work almost every day, although I haven't been doing it as well lately. I have this backpack that I carry back and forth to work, and I think it's a, a good idea or a good analogy for what it looks like when we have anxiety in our lives. And so as, as we add anxiety to our lives, just like I add stuff to this backpack before coming to work, we, we start out with an anxiety of what do others think of us. We all kind of have this basic anxiety, wondering what people think of us. But, so we'll put that in our backpack. And then if you're a student and you start thinking about, well, what college am I going to get into? Uh, what am I going to uh, pursue as a degree path? And then, and then maybe you graduate college and you start to think, well, what, uh, well, will I ever be able to get a job in that degree path that I've chosen? And so you, you put that in your pack. And then after you finish that, then you decide, you know what, I'd like to get married. Will I ever find someone who will love me? And so you stick that in your pack and try to make room for that in there. And then uh, after you, you do find that person that you love and you do get married, you decide, well, you know what, uh, we should have kids. How, how many kids should we have? Uh, and, and, and now that they're born, how are we going to pay for them? What are we going to do with our different activities? And, and how will we take care of all of those things? And, and you start to really build up all of these different anxieties, and you really begin to wonder what's next. How do I do this? How do I handle this? And this pack starts to gain some weight. I've got a daughter who just got braces, and so you start asking the questions, uh, how am I going to pay for all of this? And that starts to weigh on you as well. So this pack starts to feel pretty heavy. You start to uh, add all these different things to it, and you start to realize that this pack is plenty heavy on its own, but you still got to add all these different things. I got to take my helmet with me. You got to make sure that I've got that uh, packed in here as well. And then you go through all of these different things, 
and you manage all of it and, and you try to figure out how are you going to hold on to this pack uh, as you go through your life and you go through everyday life. And then something happens like this. Then a global pandemic is put on our shoulders and this is what happens. The pandemic comes already fully loaded. The pandemic comes in a pack that is much bigger than anything that we ever experienced previous to this. And we start asking questions that we never asked before. Questions like, what's going to happen to my education? Questions like, what's going to, how am I supposed to go to work if I'm not allowed to go to the office? Can I work from home? Will I be able to keep my job? What am I going to do in this climate when it comes to taking care of my kids? Am I able to teach my kids at home and still do my job? Am I going to be able to put food on the table? Where are we going to get the food from? How much food will there be? Will there be any electricity? Will there be any gasoline? What, what will be the needs? And then, of course, the most pressing question for all of us, will there be enough toilet paper? <laughs> And so we go through all of these things, and this pack seems to be way more. It seems like there's no way that we could have enough resources. And so what we come back to this verse, it says this, Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. I want to share with you this morning is the last thing you need from me. Because there's all types of, of sources for information where you could get all kinds of uh, uh, things that might make you feel better today. But the last thing you need from me is a good word from me. You need to hear a good word from God. I want you to hear it from God's word. So let's turn over, if you will, to Philippians chapter 4 as we begin. Philippians chapter 4, beginning in verse 6. It says this, Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. You don't need to be anxious for anything, it says. In some of your translations, it literally says, be anxious for nothing. The Bible tells us not to be anxious, but it actually seems to be pretty reasonable to be somewhat anxious in our current climate. It seems like, well, maybe I wasn't going to be anxious about where I was going to get my college degree, or maybe I wasn't going to be anxious about how I was going to pay off my school loans. But now I have no idea how I'm going to handle all of these things. Is it possible to be completely free from worry? Is this realistic? Is the Bible out of touch? You might come to the argument that the Bible was written in a simpler time. And so we ask, do questions like this, do verses like this still apply to us today? Because things must have been much simpler back then. They must not have been dealing with the same stresses, but they certainly do have plenty to be anxious about. And so I've asked Pastor Brian to take a look here. What were the things that were really making them anxious? Like what was driving them crazy? They didn't have a no. pandemic that right. they were dealing with, but what was it that they were dealing with at that yeah. point? Yeah. And that's what I love about the Bible is that, you know, we're separated by thousands of years, right? And yet it's, it's, we're all human. And so we are all dealing with this same type of thing. And so, yeah, the context specifically here in in Philippi at the time is really interesting and actually we get little clues throughout 
uh, the chapter, or if th really throughout the whole letter, and so you almost have to play a d detective a little bit, which is fun. You get to look through the letter and say, where are those little pieces that let us in on what it meant to be anxious for them back then? And I think we get the first, we get that first clue uh, right at the beginning, uh, right at the beginning of uh, just a couple of verses right uh, before we get to this one. He talks about enemies. He said, hey, you guys got some enemies, and these enemies uh, are, are really concerned about earthly things, but your citizenship is in heaven. And so he contrasts these enemies with themselves with this word citizenship. That gives us kind of that first clue. So there must be something going on there. But I think really the main clue actually comes all the way in chapter one. And I want to show you that there. So if you have your Bibles, flip on over back just a couple pages to Philippians chapter one, because uh, Paul really gives us kind of a, a, a good look here at what it is they're dealing with. He says this, starting in verse 27, uh, it says this, Verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 27. Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one, of, uh, uh, as one for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. So there's that enemy again. So there, he, say, he tells them, not, don't be frightened by these people who oppose you, these enemies. Uh, but this is a sign, he continues, this is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that, uh, but that you will be saved, and that by God. And then here's the, here's the big clue. He says this, For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. And so these enemies are actually... Uh, persecuting them. There's suffering that's going on. And Paul says specifically, he says, you're now joining me in the same suffering that you saw me have. And so that gives us another clue. It says, okay, so whatever they're going through, it's very similar to what Paul was going through, and they saw it with their own eyes, which then leads us to say, all right, well then, what was this story? And in fact, in Acts chapter 16, it gives us the story of Paul coming into Philippi, and what happened to him specifically. So let's even flip there a little bit. Again, we're playing detective here a little bit. We're trying to get clues as to what he's talking about here in that. So if you flip on over with me to Acts chapter 16, we're going to get a couple more clues here about what exactly did they see Paul go through that they now are experiencing themselves. And just to give you a little backstory to this, Paul is in Philippi at the time. He's building up this little church. He's walking down the road one day, and there is this girl, this woman, who has a demon in her. She's demon-possessed, and she can, tell the for uh, uh, the, she can tell the future. She's a fortune teller. And she annoys Paul. Like, he's going down the road, and she just annoys him and annoys him and annoys him. And finally, he gets so uh, bent out of shape about this, he casts the demon out. And he says, and she then goes on to become part of the Philippian church, which is a really cool story. But the owner of this woman, this slave girl, this owner of this woman, now realizes they can't make money anymore off of her fortune telling. And so they drag Paul into the marketplace to accuse him of, of, this, of this deed. And this is where we'll get to in Acts uh, 16, starting in verse 19. In verse 19, we'll pick up the story here, and it says this. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone off of her fortune telling, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. 
They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and they are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. And the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. Okay, so here's what we get to. We get to this point where they're dragged into the marketplace and what they're specifically accused of, of not going along with Roman customs. They said these guys are not are teaching things that are foreign to us. And if you remember last week, we talked about Philippi was this heavily military nationalistic town. Uh, the emperor at the time brought all of the war veterans to this city and tried to keep peace by maintaining this really high nationalistic Roman, uh, Roman uh, city-state. And so they are highly Roman citizens. They're high, uh, they, they are pro, they're pro-Rome, right? They, they're waving that flag of pro-Roman. So this is what they accuse them of. They said that whatever you're teaching here goes against what we think is good. And so they get beaten and they get thrown in prison. So now when we get to that understanding, now Paul again in Philippians says, hey, you're suffering the same way now you saw me suffer and now continually suffer because he's in prison right now in Rome. So now we're starting, the pieces are starting to come together that what are they anxious about? They're anxious because they're starting to see the, the pressure ramp up on them the same way they saw Paul uh, get it when he was in Philippi with them. So there's this anxiousness, of course, that's going to build in their hearts because they know what it looks like. They saw it. And Paul said, you saw me do it. I'm currently still in it. Stand firm in your faith because you're going to go through the same thing as mine. But you, are, you get to do it. You, you're allowed to do it because Christ is in you and you now actually get to serve in this really wonderful way. But certainly anxiousness is going to be high when they know uh, they've, they've seen a picture of what, what it is that, that they're in for as well. Yeah, they're dealing with a whole lot of things. Obviously, this, this current climate that we're in is different than anything we've ever experienced right. before. Uh, but even without being in this pandemic that we're in, and even without all the stress that we see in that, isn't it logical? Doesn't it feel logical for us to have some levels of anxiety? Doesn't it feel like fairly normal to be able to be thinking of the future rather than thinking of the, of the, the present and, and being able to look in the future and not liking what we see and getting nervous about it. But the Bible doesn't tell us not only to think about uh, that you're allowed to be nervous about what's uh, important. Uh, it says to be anxious for nothing. Look again at Philippians chapter 4 beginning in verse 6. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. In every situation that goes on. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It will guard your hearts. So if we continue, as Pastor Brian pointed out, that they lived in a very militaristic society. They had the Roman rule was all around them. And they are being told that you need to be at peace regardless of the situation that you are in. And very specifically, he continues on with kind of this militaristic uh, analogy. Because if you're thinking about the peace that they are, we're not talking about a psychological peace that comes from uh, of just being able to deal with coping mechanisms. Now, now we have 
uh, a great understanding of that in our modern culture. Yeah. And I understand that those things are, are useful and they are helpful. And one of the things that I've heard even in this week uh, is that you would be able to be in your home and be able to say that the following statement to yourself over and over. I am home and I am safe. I am home and I am safe. I am home and I am safe. That's a coping mechanism, and it is helpful to be a reminder to yourself to be able to know that the things that you're going through, the things that are going on in the world at this moment don't need to overwhelm you and drown you in this moment. But what we're talking about here is an entirely different type of peace, a peace that transcends all understanding. A peace that is, comes from a God who is not subject to anxiety. A peace who comes from a Savior who is not uh, held back by anything. He's the omnipotent Creator. He is the Lord of the universe. And nothing takes Him by surprise. Uh, his, his morning breakfast, when he had his cereal this morning, he wasn't worried about how things were going to turn out today. He's not biting his nails. He's not filing away at his fingernails or his toenails or anything else. He's, he's not worried at all. You see, the God that we serve is not an anxious God. He is real, and He says that He will take care of us like His little children. He gives a peace, not like the peace that the world gives. He gives a peace that is a heavenly peace. It's humanly not explainable. It transcends all understanding. This peace comes from God alone. And what it says here is that the peace of God uh, will guard your hearts. It's standing like a sentry or, or a guard or standing using this military analogy the, that the peace of God is actually standing around you to protect you from anxiety. That, the, that God's promises are not just a quick fix of something that we can, can do until the end of the day and then we'll have to start over again tomorrow. No, the peace of God transcends all of that. An ongoing, intimate relationship with a holy God that says that He will protect us with His peace. And the reality is, is when we understand that, when we live that out very realistically, we have an entirely different uh, a way that we live our lives. Now, when you go down our main street or you go down Transit Road right now, you, there's a different way that life is being lived right now. Uh, the only things that are open are those ones that have a drive-through service. The only like like life looks entirely different. Traffic patterns look entirely different. We shop differently. We spend money differently than when we do when we are feeling at peace. We walk around differently. We think differently. But that's exactly what this passage does. And Pastor Mario, uh, when when we look at this passage, what does this scripture do? What does it describe to us of a person who's at peace? With God, what does verse eight teach us on this? Well, I think the first thing we're going to notice in verse eight, Milo, is that Paul starts this next section by saying, "Finally, brethren." It's almost as if Paul wants us to hear the final word on the subject, right? Because um, because anxiety is one of those things that just sends us down a, a spiraling circle. Uh, the scripture wants us to know that there's a there's a finality, there's a sense of finality, and trusting in Christ. Having your faith in Christ is that path that helps us to that. But listen to what Paul says. He says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The final word is that we begin to meditate on the things 
that Paul lists here, the things that bring peace, the things that bring joy, because those things come from the Lord. You know, I'm sitting here as we're talking, and uh, I've, I've talked with a couple people this week uh, at, at, in just different scenarios on the phone or, or in person, and um, a lot of people are afraid to go out because they're not sure what other people are doing to protect themselves. And that's, that's something that actually happened to us this week. We went shopping at a grocery store, and we were there probably a little bit longer than I wanted to be because I got very anxious because the people that were shopping with us, they weren't following the proper protocols. They were, they were, they were coming right close to us. Um, they were like we weren't even there. They weren't keeping their social distancing from us. And so I got very anxious while we were shopping. And when we got in the car, I told my wife, I said, we are never coming back to this store because this particular store, because the people that go to this store, they don't have any, any social boundaries. And uh, I got very anxious. And, and as we drove home, the, the, the ride home was kind of intense because we were just kind of like trying to process that, you know. And, uh, and, and we had to go back to the grocery store two days later. And, and it was a completely different story for us. Before we went into the store, we, we, we put in our mind that we're going to go in, we're going to go out, but we're going we're gonna to make sure we're prepared for those situations where we see people and we're going to be social distancing. If you don't prepare yourself spiritually for anxiety for times like this, um, you're going to be like I was in that first store. You're going to be anxious. You're, the ride home is going to be horrible. But if you prepare yourself every day in the morning, open the Word of God, read the Scriptures, pray. What does it say here at the end of verse 8? Meditate on these things. Meditating on God's Word, drawing your strength from Him, is what's going to, is going to uh, protect you through the day. Yeah. And if I can even just do something practical, you know, um, you know, I think a lot of us would say we're, we're binge-watching television, we're, we're, you know, whatever it is we're doing to get through this time, right? Uh, pick things that are appropriate for your family. You know, pick things that are wholesome, that are true, that guard your heart, that protect your mind, so that you're focused on Christ throughout the day. And, um, and at the end of the day, we want to just continue to meditate and trust that it's God who is in control, no matter what the situation maybe. And I love what you said there, uh, preparing yourself, getting yourself ready. And uh, Cliff, uh, Cliff Miller actually noticed that in verse 4, what leads to all of this is you rejoice. Mm -hmm. So part of, so meditating is absolutely, but you rejoice. And so I, I love that too, because uh, when you say don't be anxious, it's not just simply don't think about it, yeah. right? It, it, yeah. If I told you don't think about elephants right now, all you're going to think about is elephants, right? right so it's, right. Not, it's not just saying, don't worry. It's redirect your mental energy right. towards something better. And that's what rejoicing is. It's saying, I can, I can be less stressful or, and anxious because I'm going to rejoice instead. I'm going to point that somewhere else. That goes exactly what you're saying, to be ready, to be prepared in all those things. So Cliff, right. Cliff put, pointed that out. I thought that was a good, good point there. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. So when, when we look at this idea of anxiety and all that's on top of us, and it feels like there's so much weight, all this pressure that, that it's on top of us, uh, I'm, I'm feeling the pressure at the moment a little bit more than, than each of you. But Is there I, actually stuff in that bag? There's actually stuff okay. in the bag, yeah. Uh, I've got all of my ski gear in this bag. Okay. Not that I'm going skiing anytime soon, uh, but it's all packed in there. Uh, the question really comes down to this when it comes to the idea of anxiety. Is, is do you believe the Bible? Uh, do you believe the Bible? You see, Jesus gave this promise to his disciples. It says this in Matthew 6, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness... And all of these things will be added unto you. 
It's also written that our Heavenly Father knows our needs. He, he knows. He isn't stupid. He isn't thrown off. He isn't been asleep at the wheel. He isn't blind. He isn't senile. He is paying close attention. The birds of the air, uh, He has track on them. He's numbered every hair on our heads. Uh, you can rest assured, He has numbered every dollar in your bank account or every dollar that you've lost in the stock market this week. All of those things are true, and He knows. He already knows that. And we are told to seek first the kingdom of God. He knows what will happen today. He will know what happens in the next three months to six months of what's going to happen in our country. He will know, and he knows right now what happens ten years from now. He knows everything, and he takes care of everything. The question comes down to this. Do you believe that the Bible is true? God is able to do everything, but we aren't able to do anything even in the least. And these type of situations remind us of that. Remind us of how small we actually are. In light of this truth, uh, we should quite logically be willing to do what he would teach us to do in 1 Peter chapter 5 when it says this, casting all of your anxieties or casting all of your cares on him for he cares for you. The Bible is telling us to give it all to him. He's in control. He can handle it. He understands and he will give you a peace that passes all understanding. All you have to do is cast your care on him, and he will care for you. So yes, this pack is getting a little bit heavy. Brian's going to help me. You get to be Jesus in this analogy, right. okay, yeah. Brian? So I'm going to cast my cares on Brian, and he's going to take that off of my shoulders. And the reality is, when he does that, Jesus says, I've got this. Mm -hmm. Jesus says, I've, I've got all of this. And you don't need to carry that weight. It's understandable that we're going to be worried, concerned, uh, but we don't need to dwell on that and stand that. We just need to know that we have a peace that passes understanding when we give it to God. And God actually will protect us in that. And so as we uh, get to the end of this kind of time, we're going to ask you to kind of interact back with us uh, through that Facebook feed. It, ask us some questions. Interact as, as uh, Cliff Miller already did of what God shows you through this passage. But before we do that, Pastor Brian, would you close, or Mario, would you close us in prayer <laughs> yeah. of this section, but then we just want to discuss it together. Yeah. Lord, thank you so much for the time that we can be together as a church. And we know that at this time, uh, churches around the world are gathering this way uh, through the internet and through uh, virtual churches. So we thank you for the technology that you've given us to do that. And Lord God, <clears throat> without uh, making it seem awkward or weird, we know that your Holy Spirit is moving and working in people's life, even right now. Mm -hmm. It's not because we're transmitting over the internet or anything, but because you are a God who resides and who rules and reigns on this earth. And so I thank you for that, God. I prayed, Lord, as we uh, think about what we've just read in the scriptures, Lord God, that you would send your Holy Spirit to bring peace to those who are feeling anxious right now. I pray that, Lord God, you would bring your peace that passes all understanding. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would remind us every moment of every day that we need to be men and women who meditate on the precepts of your word. We need to be men and women who follow after you with all of our heart. Doesn't mean everything's gonna be uh, fine and everything's gonna be a, a rose garden. But what it means is that our hope and our trust is in you, and we have an eternal strength from which we can draw from. And so I thank you for that, and I give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So as we've looked at this passage, we, we, we actually we want some interaction uh, back from you. We understand that there's a lot going on, and we're not trying to dismiss that at all. I did call the sermon, uh, Take a Load Off. 
Uh, we're trying to, if, this, if anything, if we can be kind of lighthearted about some of the things that we, we do know uh, that they're heavy on you. Uh, some of you remember that song being on the radio yourselves because you lived through that time frame of the 60s. Take a load off and put it right on me. And so uh, this morning, if this is a way that you can, through this text messages, through the, the Facebook stream of just you typing something out, maybe that's your way of like just releasing for a moment uh, these things to God. And so, uh, Brian, Mario, what are some of the questions that are coming back, some of the things that we can discuss in relation to this passage? Yeah, so Elise Glickard asks, so what, what, are, what are the things that, good things or benefits? Uh, you know, we, we talk all about all the, the heavy stuff that's going on, but are there any uh, benefits to just what we're going through um, in that? And I, I would say, I, I was just talking to some of the, the tech guys about this too. I find that it, this is opening up some opportunities for conversation. One of the things I find hardest when I'm talking to people about Jesus is just they don't sense that they need him. They, they just say, you know, I'm a good person, I, I'm fine. And when you've got all the comforts that we have in, in our country, when you've got all the routines, all the things you can fall back on, you just don't have, uh, you don't have uh, anxiety. You can kind of bury that. And then when something like this happens, all of that gets stripped away, and it really reveals um, what's inside. Yeah. And that anxiety comes right up because they're not centered in Christ. Yeah. And so I've found, if anything, this allows for some talking points with, with people I run into about what is it? Yeah, what does it mean to have security? What does it mean to have peace, grace, and peace? What is what does that look like? when all the things I used to rest on for my grace and peace are gone. I think I've noticed too, you know, when you, Evangelism 101, the questions that you would ask of like, um, what, what do you think is the most important thing in this world? Or what's of most value to you? Mm -hmm. Or even just the, hey, how's it going question, right? The answer that you get this week compared to the answer that you got two weeks ago, three weeks ago, is entirely different. When you ask someone, hey, how's it going? You're getting a real answer to that yeah. question yeah. that you never got before. And you can address those concerns you know, with the gospel. Uh, I have a professor that I went from a college professor. He's literally on a cruise right now. <laughs> he cannot come home. And yeah. he's been quarantined in his room for 25 <laughs> days. Like, that's, that's crazy. So when I ask him the question... How's it going? Like, there's an entirely different response that comes from him yeah. than what it has been over the last 10 years. Yeah, uh, I think these are great opportunities for the gospel to show itself true. What else yeah. we got? Yeah, well, let's take a look at some other feats here. Uh, we've got Sam actually, Sam Richbard commented, when I am anxious, I know what I am really saying slash feeling is God can't handle it. Hmm. And I think that's a great illustration that you just gave us with the backpack because at the end of the day, God can handle it. And, and if we use that illustration as, uh, as the anxiety and as the worry, um, God has given you the strength to handle it through his power. And so thank you, Sam, for that comment because, um, yeah, it's just a matter of, of readjusting our mindset and saying that um, God, God can handle it. Yeah. And he's given me the strength to, to make it through this, uh, this journey. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's overwhelming, right? So when we talk about what, what they were dealing with in, in Philippians, which is a different situation than we are, we, we're not being persecuted at the moment for what's going on. But this was an overwhelming situation for oh, them. Man. They do not have, like, they have no control over the Roman Empire and what that uh, city was going to do. They had just seen, you know, Paul, who 
who casted one demon out, you'd think he'd be celebrated for that. And instead, he gets dragged into the marketplace, beaten and thrown into prison. And then Paul says, hey, you're, you're, going, through, you're going through the same thing you saw me do. And it's just, it's totally overwhelming. And so, like I said at the beginning, I, what I love about the scriptures is that you're reading stories from thousands of years ago, and yet this is exactly, it's the same thing. We're going right. through these same things as well. Uh, yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. yeah, the Apostle Paul did not deal with a pandemic. Like, he <laughs> never had, but the things that he did deal with, like uh, during our uh, virtual group on Monday night, I'd learned what a bear hunt was. I didn't know what that was until yeah. just now. <laughs> Apparently, there's a lot of you putting teddy bears in the windows so that little kids can come by and, and count the teddy bears in the neighborhood. You know, share that story with the Apostle Paul and tell him how hard our life is right now. Right. You know, when, when you read this passage about Paul and Silas being in stocks and they've been beaten mm -hmm. and they're getting dragged out into the street for casting out a demon. Right, right. And then say, and, and we have to stay in our cars and do a bear hunt. Like, it's absurd. And yet, the thing that Paul would have never imagined, he had no idea something like this is even possible. Right. And, and yet, this would terrify him as well. And so when we try to make these comparisons, yeah, they right, just yeah. don't connect sometimes. Well, I, I actually shared that with Denise this week, my wife, because um, there, there is a part of me who, um, and we, we kind of joke around about this at home, um, I'm, I'm not as empathetic mm. as, as some other people are. <laughs> it's not your spiritual gift. It's not my spiritual gift. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. thank, you, thank you for pointing that. That's what it is. It's not yeah. my spiritual gift. So sometimes... Um, I see people's reaction and, and I, I can't empathize with them because I'm not in their situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't been sick, thank God. Um, I haven't. Um, yeah, I just I'm just not in their situation. So I, I think to myself, you know, uh, you know, they just need to get over it or whatever the case may be. But that's not the point, right? Like you're saying, it doesn't matter if you're in stocks like Paul was in prison, or if you're uh, honestly uh, fearful. Yeah. Like, like it doesn't matter. There's no comparison of one is better than the other. You know what I mean? Because there's guess what, folks. We can always one up each other, yeah. no matter how. You know what I mean? Yeah, we actually talked about that in our small group on Wednesday, uh, the one we hosted. When we talk about grace, how do we extend grace to other people mm -hmm. when different situations are different? And you might be going through a little something harder than me. But how do we just say we're not we're not doing the one upping thing? Yeah. We're just going to extend grace to people. Uh, no matter what the situation. We actually found someone in, uh, in our lives this week, and many of you are going through the same thing. Our son had a birthday. Uh, his party was canceled. He couldn't do anything. And so someone came to our window to read him a story through our window from the church. Hmm. Uh, even though we know she's probably dealing with a, a harder situation right now than we are just consoling a five-year-old that he couldn't have a birthday party. Yeah. And yet there's no one-upping. We're just grace upon grace. We're going to just we're gonna give that to you. Oh, that's great. That's good. I didn't know that that happened. Yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Bear hunts, bear hunts, and, bear, uh, bear hunts and window and, reading. Yeah, yeah that's right. Readings, yeah. And I was thinking about this too. Uh, when we talk about like Paul never went through a pandemic, he he didn't he didn't know exactly what we're going through. But it hit me the other day. He writes Philippians from house arrest, yeah. right? So uh, one of the things, he's not in a jail cell. They allowed him to go home, and then he was in stocks, and there was a, someone guarding him, but he got to stay home. But he was quarantined at home <laughs> while writing this. So, yeah. I mean, we're not, we're not yeah. in stocks, but he knows what it's like to get stuck in his house for a really long time. Very long. Most of the New Testament. <laughs> so, so he knows what you're going through a little bit with that, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good. I like that. Uh, we got some other comments here. Um, you know, Erica uh, points out a huge outpouring of community support at the hospital. There is an appreciation for the frontliners. Yeah. 
So I think we can take a moment and say thank you to those who yeah, are absolutely. serving, uh, the firemen, policemen, yeah. uh, hospital, nurses, doctors, all those folks. I have a few friends that are doing that. Um, and so seeing their Facebook posts at the end of their shift and just feeling for them, um, thank you for, the, for those people who are serving and doing that because that yeah. is hard. Matter of fact, um, pray for us, a woman. If we, let me just throw a prayer request out sure. there. I was in the office earlier this week uh, for a couple days. And Brian, you might have noticed this, that you were here. There is a, uh, a woman who comes and drops her son off here at the church, and they, she drops her, her child off with another woman. They swap childs uh, in the car, mm -hmm. and you can tell one's getting off shift, one's going on shift. Yeah. And for whatever reason, they've used our parking lot as, as the point where they do that switch with the, with the hmm. child. Yeah. And so I took a moment and prayed for, for both of them because I didn't, I didn't know who they were. Yeah. And, um, and I know that's a lot of stressful um, things happening in that yeah. area. So. Yeah. Yeah, just behind our church, you know, the YMCA, you know, they mm -hmm. have, uh, you know, they're taking care of children uh, who, whose parents are first responders yeah. or, or nurses and that type of thing. Um, and, and many of those kids are there for a 12-hour shift. And then they go home with the parents who are exhausted after working a 12-hour shift, and then they're back in the in there the next morning. And so, even at the YMCA, you know, like of just yeah. they're dealing with a, a very stressful situation. The kids don't want to be there mm -hmm. that many hours, and mm -hmm. th there's a lot going on around mm -hmm. us for sure. But I do believe that God is showing Himself faithful. Yeah. And speaking of sort of those front lines in the medical kind of in the medical field, uh, one thing that we want to do every week is we want to highlight one presence project mm -hmm. that people from our church are doing ways to be present when you can't be present so we talk about presence all the time we talk about this is one of the major ways we want to connect with uh, with finding our place outward uh, in the community but how do you do that when you're confined and so if you saw in our Randall Life email this week we highlighted a group of women from our church uh, who are getting their craft on and they saw that there was a big need for surgical masks uh, for our hospital systems that are so overwhelmed that they don't have the medical supplies needed. And so they got to work just sewing up masks. And obviously this isn't uh, professional grade stuff that they need, but they were, I mean, there's such a need that they said, can you at least give us something? And so here are a few pictures we wanted to show of, of some of the women from our church who are making masks and sending them out to different places. A couple of cool stories that came out of that. Uh, uh, Gateway Longview, right across the street, as we were coordinating this, sent an email out and said, hey, we need masks. And we were able to, that same day, reach out to them, uh, connect with them, and then they accepted. So even our neighbors right across the street, we've been able to... Uh, we've been able to do it. There's Nicole Okier there. She's, uh, she's wearing her mask. And uh, it kind of uh, reminds me of kind of the Rosie the Riveter. Like, we can do it, right? Like, we've got it. Um, so just a really cool way that some people in our church are saying, how can we continue to be a light to our community? How can we give of ourselves and do that? And so uh, for you, if, if you're listening here this morning, if that's something you'd be interested in, we would love to connect you. You can uh, email us at the office, office at randallchurch.org, and we'd love to put you in contact with those women that are doing that. One of the women uh, didn't know that she had a nurse in her neighborhood, and uh, her kids uh, all ride the same bus. They got off the bus. She started a conversation with her. She let her know we were doing this, and she said, I'm a nurse. I'm so thankful for that. And an instant connection was made because of this outpour of what's going on. That's really what presence is all about, building those relationships, serving the community. So um, that's, that's sort of our highlight, our presence highlight to, uh, this week. Uh, so get involved if you can. If not, each week we're going to show another thing that someone's doing uh, to be present when you can't be present.
Yeah, so that's, that's a good transition for us just to talk about that, is that every single week, for as long as we, you know, we can anticipate this going on, that's what we're going to do. We're going to be able to give you one opportunity per week to be able to respond very tangibly to the real needs of that week. So the needs that we had this week were related to uh, these masks. That may not be the needs a week from now or, or three weeks from now or four weeks from now. But each week we want to be able to, if, if, if our church can be a help to our community, uh, if we can find our place in the community, meaning that we're going to find an impact for the gospel in the community, we believe that there's something every single week that we can be doing. We don't have to be dormant in our houses and not do anything at all. And so look for us to send out an email uh, to give you some ideas every single week. Uh, we want to be able to have something that you can tangibly do to be able to respond to what's going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, right now. Uh, Mara, would you tell us a little bit about some of the things that your students have been doing, yeah. uh, some of the interactions you've been having with them, and then we'll kind of give the framework for what a week is going to look like over the yeah. next week, yeah. but tell us what's going uh, on with students. Uh, last week I, had, I mentioned that we were doing the uh, YouVersion uh, Bible app, ba Daily Devotional. We had uh, about 26 students doing that last week. This week we added about five more students, so we got about 31 uh, people doing an online Bible study together which has been really great. I actually miss a day. So if you've been on that, students, uh, I missed a day. But <laughs> um, So keep up with the Bible reading, right? You can catch uh, up. You can catch, catch up. up, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're doing that, but that's also a practical way, um, again, just connecting with, with one another. So we've been doing that. Uh, we, we have our Tuesday at 2 uh, broadcast that we've been doing for the students. And uh, this week we, we challenged them to uh, sing a, a, a worship song, send us a video, uh, if you've been seeing a lot of these videos where different people get together and they all sing together, uh, we're going to try to put something like that together with our students. Um, if we get enough students and it works out pretty good, maybe we'll use that for our worship intro or something in a couple <laughs> weeks, you know, but um, just connecting with that. And then uh, Denise and myself had a great uh, time this week. We did some drive-by uh, youth groups and drove, just drove up to people's nice. houses. Um, and honked the horn at some houses, had to call some others. <laughs> and uh, just to say hello to the students, we made sure we stayed six feet apart. Yep. Uh, side note, uh, we are socially distancing we ourselves are. here yeah, this yeah, morning, yeah. which somebody asked yeah. us to do. Yeah, um, sure, we are. Yeah, yeah, we had... <laughs> we got it all the way around. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's good, I like that. So, uh, so it was a great opportunity just to see how the students are doing, drive by. Um, and uh, this week we will continue to do that. So if you live on Main Street in mm -hmm. Williamsville, anywhere off of Main Street, we're going to come visit you this week. We'll be able to do that. So That's yeah. great. Thanks for helping people stay connected mm -hmm. in that way. Um, so, yeah, let's, if we'll just take a couple of minutes here to kind of walk you through uh, kind of what our new schedule of the week uh, looks like uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, is that on Monday, uh, first of all, we meet here on Sundays. Then Monday evenings, uh, my wife and I, Aaron, at 830, we do a Facebook Live interaction uh, from our kitchen. And uh, many of you were involved with that last week, and so we thank you for that. Uh, we spend about... 40 minutes or so uh, together in that, and we interact with our, our texts there together, and many of you jumped in on that, so thank you uh, for that. Tuesdays, as Mario described, Tuesdays at 2 uh, is a live stream that's happening uh, for the youth, and, and we want your youth to be able to get on. Uh, we're trying to, between Instagram and Facebook and a few other things, all the things that those youths out there are doing <laughs> these days, uh, we're, we're trying all of those things to be able to interact with them, uh, some challenges and things that will be coming with that. Uh, then Wednesdays, uh, Brian takes it on Wednesdays. Uh, he and Molly from their kitchen uh, do a live stream as well, and we had really good interaction with that group. Uh, it was kind of it was it was neat for me to have taught on Monday and then come back and mm -hmm. be able to interact with your group on Wednesday, so that went really well. 
Uh, Thursday night, uh, if you've got kids in our Thursday night programming that has to do with American Heritage Girls or Christian Service Brigade, uh, there's different, depending on those groups, the, the guys and gals are reaching out in different ways. Uh, I know that my group, my little guy, uh, he really, really enjoyed that time uh, just to be on a Zoom call with all of his friends and, and uh, interacting back and forth. And actually the passage that we use today is our primary passage uh, the boys worked together over Zoom to memorize that passage together, so that was kind of neat. Uh, Fridays, we give you the day off. I know you've got plenty of other things going on. Uh, Saturdays, you can look for an email. Uh, it's coming from our children's ministry. Uh, Stephanie sends out an email with a link uh, that you can then click. And then the, the design for that link is that if you will come back with us on Sunday, that your kids can be in another room or on another device uh, and have their own uh, kind of time with uh, with Stephanie and with Sarah. If parents, if you didn't watch that video last week, they are doing a great job. It, it, was, it was hilarious. Like, and my kids were literally, you know, the idea of LOL, they were clearly laughing out loud, <laughs> having a good time. Uh, today is a fifth Sunday, and so typically our kids would have been in the service mm -hmm. today. And so actually what the kids got today was uh, a teaching time for what is communion. And so next Sunday, you can be aware that we're going to uh, we all are going to have a time of communion together virtually, and so uh, whether that means that you get you know the juice boxes out and you get out uh, crackers to hand everybody or Cheez-Its or whatever that looks like, we are going to do a time of communion next week, and we are going to encourage you uh, to bring your kids into that environment when you do that. So that's next Sunday. I just want to let you know that. So that was some of the teaching that your kids received in today's lesson so that we can do that uh, together next week. Am I missing anything, guys, things that we need to make sure that we cover? Uh, I would just say that um, if, if you didn't catch this video, we're going to post it to YouTube. Yep. It'll be there by tomorrow, yep. uh, Monday. And, and it'll also um, be live on our Facebook page. Yeah. So if you go right to the front of our Facebook page every week, this interaction will be right there so you can, uh, you can find it there as well. Yeah, and it may, we don't know as we're recording this, we don't know if you know, things got glitchy or those types of things. You know, stay with us and, and you can watch it back afterwards. That's why we record it so that if that were to happen. Um, at, during this time, uh, you should know certainly that our operations have not stopped uh, by any stretch of the imaginations. <laughs> we're still trying to uh, make sure that we're sending out checks to our missionaries. We're still paying staff salaries. We're still trying to do a lot of ministry things. Uh, we're employing our care corridors to do a lot of different things in the community, and we're giving them the finances to be able to do those things as well. So first of all, if you have a need, you need to know that you can ask at uh, care uh, at randallchurch.org uh, if you have a need that something has come up. Uh, that's our care fund to be able to help you in that way, and we'll be able to use funds in that way. Uh, but the only way that we get those funds, the only way that we have those resources, particularly now as things are going more and more paperless, is if you would give online. Give.randallchurch.org is your way to be able to connect with us financially so that that money just continues to uh, be able to move through uh, our hands and out into uh, the different ways that we support other ministries and agencies around the world. We want to be able to do that and do that well. Uh, if you click on that give.randallchurch.org, you'll see a, a tab that says reoccurring. Uh, that's our modern day way of doing a pledge uh, to be able to say each month that we would pledge that this many uh, contributions would come in uh, so that we can plan in this new environment what our budget looks for. Uh, we're kind of building the plane as we fly. There's many things that are, are changing all the time, and so that allows us to do that if you would set up a reoccurring payment 
And we also encourage you to use the ACH transactions. That will only charge you 25 cents for that transaction rather than a percentage of 3 or 4% on the total amount that you might give in that. So we just want to encourage you in that, that those are ways that you can be involved. Uh, you shall also there our address, 6301 Main Street. Uh, you can send a check to that address. We're, we're clearly receiving uh, finances that way. In fact, I think as, as Mario is driving around the community, uh, he'll pick up the check from your house if we need to, <laughs> um, to make sure that that comes in. Uh, but, but really, we just, we just pray that you would continue to support what's happening here and, and that you'd be encouraged the way that uh, we're really uh, able to do this together. And, and, and there's a lot of things we don't understand, a lot of things we don't know, but we are at peace because God is in control. So thank you so much for watching today. Uh, we will be around to continue to comment on, on this thread after this. Uh, we just pray that, uh, that you're home, that you're safe, uh, that God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and mercy. And with that, we thank you. Have a great day.